Praise God. This morning, uh, we go back uh, to the Word of God, and uh, we'll be considering the third part of this uh, sermon, Three Commands for Unshakable Faith. And this morning, we will talk about give thanks in all circumstances, because this is the will of God. And before I read this verse from 16 to 18 of chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, I want to remind you what I mentioned at the beginning of this series. That Thessalonica was not an easy city to live in. It was the capital of uh, Macedonia, the province of uh, the uh, Roman Empire. And uh, in this city, the gospel was uh, making the appearance through the perseverance of uh, the ministers like Paul and Silas. They went there to preach the gospel, and many hearts, they opened to the gospel. They got saved, among them Gentiles and some Jews. But the Jewish rulers that were in the city organized a plot against the apostles, against the church. And they put the church under street persecution. And forced Paul to leave the city in darkness and to go to Berea, where uh, he find more uh, opening to the gospel. So as Paul left the young church facing those opposition, he writes these amazing words that we'll be reading this morning again. If we can go in chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, from verse 16 to 18. Paul says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And let me introduce this message saying that a failure to be thankful is a serious sin. As we have become less Christian in our society, I am afraid that we are becoming more ungrateful people. You can see very easily around you how difficult it is to show gratefulness. Children are ungrateful to the parents more often. People are ungrateful to one another. And uh, worst of all, people are ungrateful towards God. Don't you see that it was a shift in our society? In terms of respect, in terms of honoring, in terms of being grateful for what we have. And maybe because we live in the abundance today, especially here in North America, and we have some difficulties to appreciate what we have, and we are looking more for what we don't have. Did you realize that in your life? But the Word of God says that we have to be different. We have to be the people of God. Because if we choose to either ignore or neglect this command to be thankful, we will contribute to the decay of our society. In Romans, Paul is uh, giving us a description of uh, a society that was struggling with uh, sinful actions and immorality. And look what he says in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. He says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as a God, or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So there is a relationship between honoring God and being grateful and thankful, and keep the society with good moral and good standards. Also, Paul, as he writes to 
Timothy, he says something related to the last days. And uh, the last days will be characterized by apostasy. And one of the signs that Paul describes as uh, the time of apostasy is ungratefulness. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and thankful and holy. So as we can see, God is placing a lot of emphasis on being thankful, on being grateful. And uh, if you go back in a lot of Psalms, you will find it is encouragement to give thanks to the Lord. So when we ignore to cultivate and to foster a grateful heart, we are ignoring a serious command that the scriptures is leaving to us. So ingratitude presents a big problem. It is so important that we give thanks. I believe that Thanksgiving is not just a particular one day of the year. We should always, in every day, give thanks to the Lord. Every day for us as believers should be Thanksgiving. Because even if we are here this morning, that desire came from God. He gave us health. He gave us life this morning and the willingness to come here and not to rest in our beds. It is my prayer, my brothers and sisters, that as a local church, we would continue to grow and increase in our thankfulness towards God and towards each other. Let's be recognized as a people that have a heart to thank God, to be grateful for what he has done for us. And I like what Sister Colleen prayed before during the prayer. We are grateful that we have even a building here in our church that can host other churches that can preach the gospel in their language, in their community. And this because God put in our hearts, the people that were here before, to have the vision to build this facility. And we give praise to God for this. You see here, this message that Paul is giving, these three commands that he's giving us, are presented in the, a united unit. Let me tell you, they are connected to each other. We can pray and we can rejoice and we can be thankful as a result of the combination of these three commands. So let's be able to practice thankfulness out of rejoicing and out of prayer. Amen? So this morning, let's look at some of the things that we can take from uh, uh, this text. First of all, let me tell you something. Thanksgiving comes out of our submission to God. Christian gratitude is more than a, a social courtesy or religious courtesy. Usually, when we say thank you to somebody, it's like we pay our debt, right? We recognize that something was given to us and we are grateful for this. But being thankful to God is more than say thank you for what he has done. Is a lifestyle. We err if we imagine that the offering of thanks to God is a, a paying back what he has done for us. We can't. We can't repay God of what he has done for us. We are just 
recognizing what he has done. But we cannot love God in the same way that he loved us. Because we cannot love God in the same way. He died for us. He gave his life for us. He was and he's still God. But he came on earth to take human form for our salvation. No other person could have done that. No, even the chief of an angel or archangel could have done that. But he did for us. So we could never repay that. But praise to be the name of God that as we contemplate God's greatness and goodness, we realize our worthlessness. We understand that we cannot repay God. And that's why gratitude comes in. That's why we understand that we can never give back to God what he has done for us. And it's out of our inability to praise him and to thank him that we are so grateful. Remember the story of the two creditors? Jesus himself says that those who will receive a great forgiveness, they will be able to love more. We cannot give thanks. If we don't we recognize that we have been forgiven of something big and huge, the Bible called sin. And let me tell you this. If you and I are not cultivating enough an attitude of thankfulness to God, is because we have not yet realized how much we were forgiving. We have not realized yet how much God did for us. But the Bible is very clear. We were bad. No offense for somebody here, but no one of us could stand in his own righteousness. I say, I say that we are like filthy rags. No one of us could be good enough to stand before a righteous and holy God. We all deserve punishment. But because of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. Now we have a new dignity. We are children of God. We belong to the family of God. We can praise his holy name. We can give glory to God. We have a relationship with God. And more we go deeper in our life with Christ, more we understand how much grateful we should be towards him. I believe that during the retreat, something came as the common denominator of those days of prayer and listening from God. And different speakers approach this theme, going deeper in Christ. Embracing the sufferings and the power of the resurrection of Christ. It means that we go deeper in understanding God's grace. Even when we are willing to embrace the difficulties that come in our lives. Because we know that God has done so much for us. And he will never leave us. He will never abandon us. He will be with us. All our single days. Oh, sometimes we forget that faith in Jesus and thanksgiving go hand in hand. There is no greater contradiction, my brothers and sisters, than an ungrateful Christian. There is no greater contradiction for a Christian to be called child of God and not be cultivating thanksgiving or gratefulness. Because true thankfulness is connected with the awareness that without God, we would have nothing and be nothing. Remember what Jesus says in chapter 15 of John, 
the Gospel of John. Without me, you can do nothing. If you will remove Christ from our lives, doesn't matter our education, doesn't matter our social status, we are zero before God. We need God's grace. And sometimes we can get so focused on our problems that we forget how God has been faithful in the past, how faithful in the present, and how faithful it will be in the future because He will never change. Jesus Christ is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. So He will never change His faithfulness as our shield. We get so dissatisfied because of what we don't have, as I mentioned before, that we forget to see what God has provided for our lives. And we are unable to count the blessing that we have. We have a lot. We live in a rich country. And what is considered being poor here in Canada is considered maybe to be rich in a lot of a majority of the countries of this world. And we need to recognize that. We cannot ignore it. And you know, as much as we grow in ungratefulness, we also grow in being far and called with God. And when we realize that, it's already too late. Our heart is so insensitive and callous that we miss to understand what God is doing in our lives. So Christian gratitude comes from recognizing God's Continued presence in our lives. You know, as we recognize that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we recognize that Jesus Christ lives in us. And we have been blessed with a new life in Christ. And we have a fellowship with the creator of everything. We have fellowship with the almighty God. In Jesus, we have the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And the love of the Father. We grow in that. So when we are showing signs of ungratefulness, we should check our heart and say, there is something in me that is not in harmony with God. Why am I not a grateful person? Why am I not a thankful person? Why am I not giving thanks enough to God for what he has done for me? These are symptoms of a spiritual sickness, so lukewarming attitude. Before God. So again, thanksgiving comes out of our submission to God. And then the second lesson that we can take from this passage the greatness of God demands thanksgiving. My brothers and sisters, is the contemporary theme sometimes in the worship songs that are written. That we are body-body with uh, God. But let me tell you something. God calls us friends. And we are his friends. But he's still God. And we need to think about this. As much God has given us the privilege to be called friends. Is there. We are here. Let's never change the relationship. God is the almighty God. The creator of heaven and earth. He demands thanksgiving. He's a holy God. And we should revere him. We should have the fear of the Lord in our hearts. And we should yield to the Holy Spirit. So his name will be glorified. His name will be honored. Our service to him will be the primary goal of our life. 
This is what is important. Thanksgiving is not just about the words that we speak, but also about the lifestyle that we have. It's the way that we speak, yes, we can have a very good words to say, very skilled abilities to speak well about God. But then people need to know who we are, really. And most of the time, are the people around us that will discover who we are. It's not just the time that we spend here in church. It's a lifestyle of consecration before God. And most of us separate everything into categories. The thing we are thankful for is the things that we are not grateful for. And we made this division. But in God's eyes, there shouldn't be this division. We should be grateful for all things and everything. This is what Paul is saying here. And this is why in the scripture, praise and thanksgiving to God are fully expressed with our way of living. How you are recognized at work. How the unbeliever's family member are seeing you. They see in you a heart that is grateful to God. They see you a heart that loves God. They see you a heart that is willing to serve God. Or do you think that you deserve it by your own status? I pray that God will speak to us and that we honor God and we give thanks to Him with our lifestyle. Colossians 2, 6, 7 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Walk in Him. How? Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. So as we walk with God, as we walk our relationship with God, we express a gratefulness to Him. And we grow in that. And we understand that we are recognizing the work that Jesus Christ has done in us. Thanksgiving is a response to God's mighty deeds and action in our life. In God's call. We see reflected his plan of redemption and blessing for our lives. When God called us, he called us to be blessed. This is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. That we have been blessed in the heavenly places, in the heavenly realms. The blessing of God was there for us even before the foundation of the world. So as we are related to God and we are partakers of the nature of God, we should also enjoy giving thanks to God. He calls us to remember and to respond to His mighty acts of redemption in our lives, in the history of humankind. Sometimes we forget that the main purpose of us here in this earth is to be prepared for heaven. We are so attached with this present life that we forget that the plan of God is preparing us for eternity. So that's why Paul says that the sufferings that we have here on earth are momentary. And they cannot be compared with the glory that need to be revealed on our behalf. Let's keep this in mind, my brothers and sisters. 
And Paul experienced all kinds of sufferings and persecution. Only in a passage in first letter to the Corinthians, he mentioned 23 different kinds of tribulation and persecution he went through. Nevertheless, look what he says in Philippians chapter 3.10. To know Christ and the power of his resurrection and that he may share his sufferings was the goal of his life. When he writes to the Philippians, he has already a few years of Christian life behind. But he's still attached to that goal. I want to know more Christ. I want to go deeper in him. I want to embrace the power of the resurrection and his sharing the sufferings that he had. My brothers and sisters, are we willing to do the same this morning? I challenge myself and I challenge all of us here to cultivate that gratefulness that comes with knowing more the demands of a holy God. Thanksgiving is really the ultimate expression of our faith. And the primary focus of Paul, as I mentioned before, was to accomplish what God had planned for his life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56-57, we read, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks to be God, who give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, at the end of this first letter, discovers that. And he continues after, saying, Be steadfast in doing The work for the Lord, because your work is not in vain. And despite the death, we are victorious in Christ and through Christ. So when you are going through difficult moments and your heart looks not ready to give thanks, is no naturally attitude to give thanks, remember that God will give you victory through whatever you are going through. is faithful. And gratitude says that we are convinced that God will get us through whatever we face, even the worst of pains, the deepest of disappointments, and finally, death in itself. We will be resurrected. Our life here on earth is just a journey. And we need to remember that. We need to focus more on the things of above. So we can be grateful for that stamp that we have in our passport, right? When you go visit a a different country and uh, you give the passport to the customer agent, he will put a stamp. And let me tell you, we have a stamp in our hearts that is the seal of the Holy Spirit. And the ink is the blood of Jesus Christ. And once you know that you have that visa, you are so grateful you are so grateful. I'm an immigrant here. And I'm look at the sanctuary here. I know that many of us went through this immigration process. And I remember as much, I didn't want coming here in Canada. When I had that passport or the, or the uh, citizen card, I have to say I had tears. I recognized the blessing that God gave me to be here. Much more my brothers and sisters, beloved in Christ, should be our tears of joy knowing that he will take care of us, that he will bring us through in the other shore, in the other side. So that's why gratitude says that we are convinced 
that God is good no matter what circumstances we are facing. And often we say, God is good. All time, God is good. We should repeat that to ourselves to embrace the attitude of gratitude. Gratitude says that we have overwhelming confidence in God. It is God who makes sense of life. It is God who gives us a purpose. It is God that will make the way for us. I say, uh, say that it will uh, fill the valleys so we can walk in a steady walk. And I love what the psalmist says that even when we go through the valley of Baca, we will go through. This valley is a scary valley. And most of the time, the people will not survive that, that walk. But the psalmist says that even if we go, even if they go through the valley of Baca, they will go through. And let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, we have a great God. We have a great Savior. We have the mighty power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can go through. We can move on. We can walk the walk that God is calling us to do. In every season, His presence will be there to comfort us, to encourage us. He has given to us the divine comforter, the Holy Spirit. So let's be encouraged by that. Let's be encouraged that even if God's greatness demands thankfulness, it will equip to understand that principle. And then the third lesson, thanksgiving acknowledges always God's sovereignty. Thanksgiving understands that we serve a sovereign God. We are not the fruit or the result of the chance. We believe that there is a God that controls, that is in charge. Even this moment in our lives is in charge, is still on the throne. And that's why we give thanks in all circumstances. And here Paul says, all circumstances. The word circumstances was added by the translators to facilitate the reading of the, of the text. But the original language says, give thanks in all. And this Greek word means the whole of an object. It means the entire object, the whole. So it means there are no good or bad circumstances to give thanks. In all circumstances, we should give thanks. Because this is the will of God. And there is an enormous importance in the choice of the proposition that is in this sentence. You see in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, says, give thanks, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say for all circumstances. And I want to make clear something. It's hard to give thanks to the Lord for cancer. God is not happy with that. It's harder to see people dying because they don't have food or calamities that happen. We cannot give thanks for this. These calamities or bad events are the results of sins. Corruption was brought through our ancestors, Adam and Eve. But Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. It means that even if we are living those circumstances, in those circumstances, God's presence will be with us. 
in that situation, in that difficult moment, God is with you. So you can give thanks. You can give thanks. And you can say, Lord, I thank you. Because even this moment where I don't see the light, you are with me. You are with me, oh Lord. You are with me in the midst of it. You are in control, oh God. I know that you will not abandon me. I know that you will not forget me. Because you are with me always. You see, the call to give thanks in all circumstances challenges us to search for God's wisdom in all that happens in our lives. As we say, we thank you, Lord, because you are with me in this. We should inquire, how God is testing my faith in this? How does he want me to grow from this situation? What can I learn from this? How can God use this for his glory through this situation? We should inquire that because our circumstances are never behind or beyond God's control. Never think that God is not aware of what you are living to. In Romans 8, 28, we all know that verse. Can we read together? And we know that for those who love God, all things work together. For what? For good. For those who are called According to his purpose. All things. All things. Work for good. You see. God can take any bad circumstances. And still use it for his glory. And for a blessing. Even the worst. The worst. Because his wisdom, wisdom has already considered all things together. Is not Caught after surprise. That's why we can give thanks to him. He's a sovereign God. There is no absolute crisis. No trauma. No person. No incident. No circumstances. That can come into your life. That will make this commandment. Null and void before God. He is in control. He is still on the throne. I want to give you an illustration. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament? God has a wonderful plan for his life. He was in contact with God. God spoke to him through the revelation of dreams. And he was so naive that he shared the plans that God has for his life with his brothers. If you remember the dream, he was upsetting his brothers to the point that he bit him almost to death. And they threw him in a well. And then they threw another brother that was moved to compassion. and said, we cannot kill our brother. So they decided to sell Joseph to some merchants of slaves. And those merchants brought him in Egypt. Where he became a servant, a slave in the house of Potiphar. A very important personality that was working for the Pharaoh. But God's favor was with Joseph, no matter what. He was prospering there. Whatever he was touching, it was becoming gold. <laughs> and uh, the wife of Potiphar accused him unjustly. And what happened? He was sent to the prison, but he never complained. Even the prison, God showed his grace and favor, revealing dreams. That was the gift that Joseph had. And 
through revealing a dream to one of the persons that was with him, he eventually was brought to the Pharaoh because even the Pharaoh had a dream and no one was able to interpret the dream. So Joseph, by God's grace, was giving the interpretation of the, the dream and the Pharaoh placed him as a, the second in authority after himself. Joseph became a high authority in the kingdom of Egypt. That In that time, it was the most powerful nation in the world. So when the brothers came to knock to his door, because meanwhile in Palestine, the land where the family of Joseph was living had a lack of water. There was a drought, no cultivation, no harvest. They were starving. So Egypt had plenty of abundance because the wisdom that God gave it to Joseph. Remember the vision of the seven years uh, of uh, abundance and seven years of lacking. So when Joseph saw his brothers, he couldn't take the emotion. Uh, he, he went in the other room because tears came out of his heart. And I believe there was a, a moment of reconsidering all the pain and sufferings that he went through in that 14 years of terrible sufferings. But you know what? He came back and talked to them. I make this story short, but you can read this in the book of Genesis. And he said, my brothers, don't be afraid. God change it and evil things towards me. And he make it for our blessing. God is able to do that. He was encouraging his brothers. Don't fear. I have no bitterness. I have no resentments towards you. It's God that work all this together. And my brothers and sisters, let's look at the big picture. When we don't see the light in the tunnel, let's continue to trust God. The same God that is still calling us to be faithful to him is the same God that will take care of us until the end. So that's why this morning I'm reminding you and myself that we can give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances. There are some who think that our lives are just the result of luck, of fortune. There are some people that think that our lives are influenced by the alignment of planets and stars. And they believe in the horoscope and the stars movement. But let me tell you something. As Christians, we have a greater hope. We don't need to believe in luck. We don't need to believe in the alignments of planets to be blessed. We have the presence of the living God in our hearts. And it's assurance. It will give us the joy to say, thank you, Lord, no matter what. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in my life. So uh, let's conclude with some final application. We have so much to give thanks to God for. And I pray that we cultivate that. And it's right because he sent the son for us. He died on the cross for us. We can give thanks to God because we are saved. And if you today are standing here in the presence of God without having the assurance that you have a relationship with God, I truly pray this morning that you will commit your heart to God and say, Lord Jesus, I want to accept you as my personal Savior. I want to make sure that I belong to you. I want to make sure that I know that you are my Savior. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. 
Thanks to be to God for the gift of salvation. And then let's thank God for those who touched our lives. For those who are a blessing for us. It is so easy to take people for granted. You know, being in the ministry a few years and being the son of a minister, I can tell you something. Sometimes we appreciate the people when they are not there anymore. And I see a lot of people that are still mourning and grieving. People that are no more with them. But they fail miserable to appreciate them when they were alive. They never had moments of appreciation and gratefulness. Let me tell you something. Thank God for the people that God has blessed you. Sometimes we are not full blessed in the sense that we wish to have something more. And we forget the blessing that those people are for our lives and in our lives. So I pray that God will develop that in our hearts. Let's learn to appreciate it. Today, when you go home, appreciate the people around you. Your wife, your husband, your children, your friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And even the family of God. We should appreciate one another. Uh, Paul says to the Corinthians, and that church was not the perfect one. was far from being perfect. But he says in 1 Corinthians 1.4, I always thank God for you. I always thank God for you. Even moments of deepest disagreement, Paul never ceased to pray for his people. And I want to thank you. And I want to give thanks to God for each one of you, my brothers and sisters. You are my family. You are the people that God entrusted me with. And I pray for you. I love you. Even with sometimes disagreement. Even sometimes when we go Maybe in a moment of full disagreement, the love of God never stops to say thank you. Thank you for bringing those people in my life. In Colossians 1.3, we say, we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. We should pray for one another always. Paul was going to Rome as a prisoner. And when a group of believers whom Paul had never met, came out of Rome and took the risk to greet him and meet the prisoner of Christ. When those brothers saw Paul, the great, invincible Paul says, at the sight of those men, Paul thanked God and he was encouraged. He thanked God for those brothers. And then, last but not the least, we should thank God for physical and material blessings. Let's remember that we live in a country that is one of the richest in this world. Canada is a blessing for all of us. We live in a blessed place. So let's be grateful and focus on what God has done for our lives. Amen? Can we all stand in God's presence?